Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Welcome to week two of Pick a Pit August. Pick a Pit. Pick a Pit. Where we are picking Brad Pitt movies to talk about this month. Because when is it not a good time to talk about some good old-fashioned Brad Pitt action? Right. And we, we kick things off with Fight Club. And now we're back with... More or less the reason why we're doing this, which is Brad's got a new movie out called Bullet Train, which is a remake of a movie that came out. I meant to I meant to pull up the, the original one, and now I'm having a difficult time finding Unprepared. it. Here we go. Wow. I think it's based 1975. on a book. Yeah. It, yeah, it might be based on the book as well. Then this movie stars Brad Pitt, Joey King, Austin Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, and then honestly, after that, I don't know if saying names are spoilers or not, <laughs> because there are, I will say ahead of the show, as usual, you can expect spoilers in this episode. This isn't really we try not to go too ham. It's not a spoiler type movie. However, there are a lot of fun. I, don't think I have a problem saying there are a yeah. series of cameos that you might be spoiled by if we were to tell them all. So, yeah, there's I'll a lot of fun surprises there. in the movie. Yeah. Um. So I guess let's just get into it. I don't think any of us know anything about the source material, right? Uh, David no, might. Not, he did some research, but... Not an extensive amount about... I don't know. I wouldn't say I have an extensive amount. I'm not even seeing that there was, this was a remake. Of, I thought of I could have sworn it was. Are you sure? No, well, I, I'm not seeing that. But I'll, I am. But it, it is based on a, on, a, on a Japanese novel. Maybe that's it. That came out in 2010. So I don't know how there could be a 70s movie based on it. But, but yeah, it came out in 2010. It's a dark comedic thriller novel written by Kataro Asaka. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's actual it's actual title. The actual title of the book is Maria Beetle, but in English it's translated to Bullet Train. Yeah, so I see. Okay, yes, you're right. Yeah. I, I was I had the wrong connection with that 75 movie. That's okay. Yay! That's okay. That's okay. I went into this movie blind, and I did all my research after the fact. So. It's fun to do it in that order. Well, since you have some research, tell us what you know. What did you think? What did you think of it without your expectations? And then how did reading about it change or did not change? So it going in, all I knew, Brad Pitt, uh, clearly an action movie based on the trailers, right? Stuck on a train. You know, anytime you can set, I think, an action movie in a confined space, like where you're limiting the character's options for, you know, limiting their alternatives. I think it's a good setting. I think it's a good way to, you know, get the audience to start putting themselves in that space. What would I do if I was stuck on a bullet train with a bunch of assassins, you know? So, yeah, I think that's a really, it was, it was really fun. It appealed to me in that sense. Brad Pitt is, is, is uh, I usually enjoy Brad Pitt and things. So I was looking forward to that. I don't know Brian Tyree from a lot, but actually, I, I, I he's very funny. Aaron Taylor Johnson is very funny. And the movie, so initial thoughts coming out of it as I was watching, it was highly entertaining. It was it was sort of a a dark comedic action movie. You know, there was there were laughs. There was you know there was a lot of laughs because of how grotesque some things would happen to people. Uh, sitting next to Andrew during this movie really amplified the dark comedy because Andrew Andrew viscerally reacts to uh, to hardcore violence. And not that that movie, not that this movie is so hardcore that it might turn people off. I kind of think it's a pretty approachable film in that respect. But, but yeah, and it gave me a lot of, so I, I'm going to, I, I kind of don't like when people cite other movies in their review, but I, I can't avoid it. 
it gave me a little bit of like obvious, the obvious comparisons to John Wicker there, and we'll get to why. But it also gave me kind of like Zombieland vibes with how they handled sort of like, uh, there's no narration really, but how they kind of, you know, use movie conventions in fun ways. They put the on screen titles know, and stuff. The on screen titles when someone, when a new character is introduced, flashbacks, you know, sort of like telling a quick story while you're in the middle of a bigger story, those types of things. And so that's all stuff that I enjoy. This movie is directed by David Leach. David Leach is a former stunt coordinator, and here's his resume. He has he directed John Wick. He directed Atomic Blonde. He directed Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw. He was a producer for Nobody and now Bullet Train. So this guy, the reason it, <laughs> that the reason, is, the reason it yeah. feels like a little bit of a John Wick like movie all of those. mixed with a Deadpool movie is why, and Hobbs and Shaw and all that, this guy has been, he went from being a stunt coordinator, apparently a very, pro, like what I can tell, very prolific one, to taking the helm and doing action movies. And generally speaking, all of these are fairly well enjoyed. And obviously he has a comedic sense. He and enjoys that because Hobbs and Shaw has a lot of that comedic style. People, you know, people go back and forth on Deadpool too, but, you know, obviously that's really like that's it. A, that's a comedy action movie. So it kind of makes sense now when I was watching it, why I was like, this feels like it's really taking a lot from a lot of things that came recently. Well, oh, I didn't realize it's because, you know, while the director doesn't have the most prolific name out there, he's been doing this type of thing. This is his, this is his thing, his style. But yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't know, I, I don't really have that many complaints. I know that I think maybe things got a little drawn out at the end. Generally speaking, I never lost interest. What do you guys It's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a very enjoyable theater watch. Go watch this in the theater. I think it's a lot of fun. It reminds me as far as like storytelling, if if anyone remembers this movie, of Smoke and Aces. It's Mm. got that kind of stylistic and thematic with several different assassins kind of going after the one singular thing. It reminds me of that. That's a movie that I enjoyed growing up. You know, Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson, did I put get the order of those correct? Take I never did. put them in the same order. I never put them in the right. They are the best characters in this movie. They are the best dynamic. They have the most chemistry. Brian Tyree Henry continues to be a chameleon. You can put him anywhere and he can do anything. And I'll believe it. He is so good. And I really, you know, you, for me, this was kind of, again, you, you mentioned nobody and it gets, it had that vibe for me. And we're continuing on those tracks of these older actors doing these redemption action pieces and it felt a little bit like that but i also felt like brad pitt was just a person that kind of connected the dots that other people played off of you know he was good and he sold his part and he was enjoyable but i think the other supporting characters were a lot more memorable than him in this one and i also think you know this is not this is an argument that i heard from critics who are more qualified than me but the one thing that i think that got taken away from was the cultural and the actors who represent that culture. I think there was a lot of, you know, it takes place in Japan and it has various actors who are in them, but I think that story and those actors got a little undersold by other actors. So that's just a critique from somebody else, but it is a note. A lot of the actors are not, it's a, it's a very diverse cast, but for where the movie takes place, those main actors are kind of put in the background. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a diverse cast. It's all over the place. We get, you know, Mex- we get uh, specifically Mexican, we get Russian, we get, you know, British and American and Japanese all thrown together in this kind of, you know, 
it's all it's i mean there's a there was an extended section where they were just playing like uh, like like mexican hip-hop and it was just i i was like oh this is like a completely different vibe from the japanese translation of american songs that we had a minute ago you, Josh? You think, yeah, I thought it was fun and I had a, a good time. I did. I didn't love the story. I thought the performances were good. The style is good. The movie looks great. The action is cool. But the story was a little too convoluted for me, I think, where it, you know, it does kind of turn it into a movie where. Yeah, Brad Pitt's character kind of ties everyone together, but there's not a central character per se it's not about one person doing one thing it's about a lot of people doing a lot of things so yeah. i was kind of expecting more of a brad pitt movie but i won't blame them for that i but i do think that there was a little too much too many characters all essentially trying to do the same thing and that is where i started a few times i lost interest and i was like okay it's another because the third like the third time it does one of those 45 minutes ago, I was like, I've seen enough of the past now. <laughs> uh, so okay. those moments didn't work for me. But I still, like I said, I still had fun and it looks good. Of those movies you listed, David, that this director has done, it's probably, you know, toward the middle tier of that. Obviously, like John Wick is a stellar movie in that Nobody, list. Nobody is stellar. I really liked Atomic Blonde. It did not get as much attention as some of the others, but it's probably better than Hobbs and Shaw. That movie's really fun, but. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's more original than that. It's, so yeah. it's, you know, it's fine. I think, you know, it was good to watch on a, on a big screen, but I could also have seen this being a Netflix original action movie. It very, it very much to me has the vibes of the gray man and these other like Chris Hemsworth movies and stuff that they've been putting out lately. Well, I, I will say though, I thought this had a bit of, it may be because, you know, they get started with it pretty early. This had a really, I think, amplified sense of, of I don't, I don't really know what to put. It had like an amplified sense of, of character to me. And maybe it's because, you know, we get this montage of, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler here, but Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry's characters arguing and then they're arguing as the flashback is being told. And they're kind of like breaking the fourth wall as they do it, counting the number of people that they killed during this one event. And for me, that was just the kind of, I don't know, that's just the kind of like fun, like it was a little bit irreverent. And and I, I, I don't know, I enjoy that sometimes. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just a, a, a bit of a, a simp for that kind of thing. I don't know, but I... <laughs> a simp! I, I really enjoy when movies sort of I don't I'm not gonna say know their movies, but I when when directors or creators, whoever's involved, doesn't feel bound by not like one of the movies I always go back to that's like Uber serious is this movie called Phone Booth from two thousand, I think, with Colin Farrell. It's just so drop dead serious, right? And I like it a lot. It's great. But when movies are willing to play with the conventions of storytelling and, you know, you know, here comes a, you know, here's a flashback. Here comes, you know, I'm going to show you this moment. I'm going to show you the story of this object as it goes through the story that you weren't paying attention to. And this movie deals a lot with like fate and luck. That's they, they really drill yeah, that a lot in. Of luck. By, the, by the end of the movie, they really drill in this idea of luck, fortune, fate, whereas, you know, what's our role in all that. And it's fun to try to find a way to work to, to, to illustrate that through a story is you know, the idea of fate. 
the idea of, well, because you did, you know, and, and the, the chain of events of your mistake following you, you know, or your, you know, your misfortune or fortune or whatever you want to say. So I don't know. I, I, I found myself enjoying it. I never saw Atomic Blonde, but it's on the list of things I need to go back and check out. It's, it's pretty fun. It's good stuff. And I, I saw you, that with Movie Pass. I did, and I did really like Brad Pitt in this as sort of a sort of unwilling combatant. He's not interested in fighting or killing anybody. He's yeah, uh, talking he's, about the man of the month. Trying to avoid it. Brad Pitt. And he was, his performance he, is good. He's very, he's he very is. funny. He's very charming. The constant, you know, recitation of cliche therapy statements because he's been going to therapy it had me i wish it didn't but it had me and it helped that there was a lady about 18 rows behind us laughing at everything that brad pitt and anybody else said it, it that woman had a great time she it was i guarantee it was the first time she's been in the theater since things opened up her she, life. she came back specifically for brad pitt in that movie and she had the time of her life this was her top gun yep <laughs> oh no go top, go see top gun that one's better than this for sure but let's talk about yeah you mentioned brad pitt he does yeah. a great job he kind of reminds me of keenan keenan nickel where he's a funny straight man and everybody else is a bunch of kills playing over the top a little bit too much and i'm okay with that i think mm -hmm. that he delivered on his what he needed to do he was you know very zen amongst a bunch of chaos and just kind of surrounded by that bad luck. And they, they blamed it on a lot of that luck. And he was really funny in his delivery and all of that. But for me, I again, I think that Brian Tyree Henry stole the show. I think that he was just incredible. Again, he hit another one out of the park. Every movie that he's in, he is. I agree. Uh, and, home run. And, he's and, so and good. His, and him, his chemistry with Aaron Taylor Johnson was great in this. I knew from the moment I caught, from the about, about a minute into it, when he started doing that, spoiler alert here, when he started doing that Thomas the Tank Engine stuff, I was like, this is a Garrett joke right here. Garrett's going to love this. Josh is probably going to love this Thomas the Tank Engine talk too. Which is very, I just feel like you guys would love that. I uh, never watched Thomas the Tank Engine, so I didn't necessarily understand the references, but I understood the references because that's how I would talk. If it were me and I understood it, I would have been like, yes, this is the same thing. Same thing. I loved Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> growing up, and I understood every reference. Down to who was a diesel and who was a Gordon. Yeah. I got all that. Yeah. That landed perfectly with me. But it is the yeah. kind of thing I like where it is an in, almost an intense type of niche humor where, yeah, only some people are going to appreciate that. A lot of people, because Thomas Tankage is popular, but not everyone. And that's a, that's a good joke to me. Well, they, and I think they, they half the audience can get it and the yeah. other half feel left out, but want in on it. But, but by the end, they do get it. That's the thing is they, they drove oh, yeah, home, they so they drove home <laughs> some key elements like a diesel, right? So they kept, they drove it in and drove it in. And by the end of the movie, you're like, yes, exactly. Well, they did a good job of, of if you didn't know, here's at least some breadcrumb trails that they laid down where like this person, and this is how they think, and this train, and this is how they think, and, and kind of helping you at least follow the path, even if you didn't fully get it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was so good. I also thought Aaron Taylor Johnson was, he is really, to me, also a chameleon. He shows up in so many different things, never looking the same, and always delivers on his performance and whatever he is, you know, side, he's always just like that side character. Man, 
that person looks really familiar for me. And then I always have to connect the dots later. But he he also does very good in this movie. I was just I was just perusing some some letterbox reviews because I wanted to find out if anyone else was talking about Thomas the Tank Engine stuff. And you bet you they are. You bet yeah, you they are. One, so per, one reviewer says, I believe this now holds the Guinness World Record for most Thomas the Tank Engine references in a single movie. Beautiful. Uh, so I, let's bring it back to Brad Pitt. So we talked about, you know, we're going to talk about him all month. He is the man of the hour. How do we feel like this performance compares to the other one that we watched, Tyler Dirt and Fight Club? I mean, we don't have to, obviously it could be apples to oranges or apples to apples, but, you know, when it, where do we feel like it ranks for him as a movie and as a performance. Well, it's, you know, it's not it's hard Fight to compare. Club. It's, it's hard not to compare. Fight Club because then this is what I'm going to say is going to sound like an insult to him, I think, but I don't mean it that way. Brad or Bullet Train is like Brad Pitt on autopilot. Like he's doing everything right, but it's not special. But I don't mean that to say he's phoning it in. He's not doing that, but he is like just doing what he does well on autopilot. So. Yeah, you're not going to hear anyone come out of this movie and be like, this is a career-defining performance, but it's I only ask because these kinds of movies have been for certain people. So, again, you look at Bob Odenkirk and what nobody oh, yeah. kind of did for him. And you're like, you know, I, you don't look at Bob Odenkirk and think that man's an action star. And no. then you watch nobody and it goes, he can do anything. If you know? Brad Pitt didn't already have an action background, maybe, but. Yeah, I would say. I don't say know what that... I could see Brad Pitt do that would surprise me anymore. Feel like he's yeah, done yeah I, I, it would be kind of interesting, an interesting challenge because he's done a lot of the dramatic work and he's done a lot of more comedic stuff. I feel like this is kind of, this kind of makes sense as his follow-up to, I believe this is, I, I could be very wrong, this is at least one of his first films since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This feels like a pretty natural follow-up to that where it was a, not the same type of character, but a very similar, you know, Zen character who's not, a, who's, you know, not that concerned about fighting people. So I thought it was funny. It serviced the role. Like it serviced the movie, right? It wasn't, it wasn't poor. It wasn't distracting. It was exactly what it needed to be. Right. And I think Brad Pitt has that ability to just kind of have that sort of like whelp face, you know, like he, he, you felt him being like, I, well, I didn't, I didn't know what to do there. You know, or that was a mistake, you know, like he just has a good oops face, I think, you know, <laughs> and that's his character a lot is oops in this movie. He's um, very good at acting with his face. He is one of the, he can deliver a message without needing to say much. He can kind of just spatial expression and give you a, a noise of some kind. And it hits yeah. home more than any kind of good. Yeah. He looks, he looks very, and he looked very, they, you know, he does a great job of looking haggard by the end of this film. But yeah, I don't know. It's funny. It's a very good, funny performance from him. I think, you know, between this, you know, the lost city, some other recents, I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind if Brad Pitt wants to do more comedy. It's, it works for me. I feel no, like that's kind of where he's at in his career stage, where it can be like that comedy action or comedy drama. Like you, he's done enough of the serious stuff, and I feel like Brad Pitt wants to lean into that goofy stuff until he's ready to do another really dramatic role and then just be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I can drop an Oscar performance on you too if I want to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I don't, yeah, like you said, just, I don't know what I would need to see him in. Maybe like a horror movie or something, you know, to really see how that, because I don't think I've really seen a, a horror horror with Brad Pitt, at least not in the recent era. 
I so, do think that would be an interesting twist on a brand. I mean, Seven, you could argue, is a bit of a horror movie to yeah. an extent. But yeah. it has been a while, and that is, again, a different kind. I would like to see him do an actual like horror movie, especially in the way that horror movies are done now, where they're, you know, quality pictures and not just slasher flicks at this point in time. So that would be an interesting turn. Horror movies have not been to the level of movie that they are now since Brad Pitt has been Brad Pitt. No, but yeah, something from like a, you know, him and like a Scott Derrickson type film or even a, who directed the It movies, Andrew, is that it? I can't, say, I can't remember his last name, but yeah, something from one of those guys, you know, or, you know, Benicio Del Toro movie, not Benicio Del Toro, uh, Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah. Um, you know, something, something like that, a little bit more, a little bit more scary. I don't I was trying, I, I was reaching to find something. At first, my first thought was having to get him in a biopic, but I don't know. Don't know what, what, what I guess. At this point in time, he, Brad Pitt could play Brad Pitt in a biopic of Brad Pitt, I think. Like, he could do it. But you he, know with what? the aging technology that they have, he could easily play Brad Pitt in a Brad Pitt. You know who Brad Pitt's a good friend of? So I'll go, I'm going to put us in the Wayback Machine. Brad Pitt's a good friend of Guy Ritchie, right? Done some Guy Ritchie movies. Guy Ritchie directed a movie, Sherlock Holmes, with Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law. He said in an interview one time that originally he wanted Brad Pitt to be Moriarty to to Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. And that to me always sounded very interesting because while I think Brad Pitt can play a pretty good villain, it's just kind of hard to imagine the kind of villain Moriarty is in a, in most Sherlock Holmes media and put Brad Pitt in that role in my head. I don't know if Brad Pitt does a good British accent. We heard a little bit of one in this movie. You know what I think could be fun? Just throwing this out here to connect a dot and we talked about earlier this year. Let's see if Brad Pitt can play a villain by taking on the inevitable changing role of Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beast series. Just put exactly. him in there. He could play that role. He would be another take, another little adaptation. It takes place in America. He could play. Man, what a I wish. What a moment where we would need some. We need somebody with a Brad Pitt impression right now. Come up and say Harry Potter related lines. I tell you what. The Letterbox community has some very sexual thoughts. About Brad Pitt being a zaddy in this movie? About yeah, everyone being a zaddy in this movie. You know what? They, they were about just being a tranquil of the cast. hottest people on earth. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that Letterboxd, Letterbox, I love being a part of the community, but they nasty sometimes. They nasty. <laughs> yeah. Anything that you could read on the on the air? Oh, stuff like, oh, I just had a good one. I started to moan when Aaron Taylor Johnson was on screen. Not to he be made that little mustache work. You know, I haven't seen the mustache. Like he, he was honestly putting out some weird, like Macho Man Randy Savage vibes. We got not to be dramatic, but I would sell the soul of every one of my family members to have Aaron Taylor Johnson hit me with a bullet train. <laughs> Why is uh, everyone so good looking on this damn train? Why or who allowed Aaron Taylor Johnson to be this hot? Yeah, everybody loves ATJ in this movie. I tell you what, when you put this on the on the website, don't 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 cut out the part where you said these are from Letterbox. Just go straight into your you reading that. <laughs> <laughs> I would let him hit me with a bullet train. This one's not really sexual, but it R.I.P. Agatha Christie. You would have loved Bullet Train. Yeah, there you go. I don't know, there but you. there you go. Uh, I will say the one thing that they. You, be, being on a train, I enjoy. I didn't feel very claustrophobic, and I'm okay with that, but I also see how that could be a little bit of a critique, too. I like, you know, comparing it to other train-based movies. I, 
I like a Snowpiercer where it feels like I'm on the train and very confined. And this one was very big and it didn't give you that confined. Yeah, it never felt confined really. And so it can go either way, but I think that could have added a little bit more. But this movie is not meant to be, you know, confining. It is a big, it is a big movie. I don't think necessarily the train cars were supposed to be confining. It was the time frame because it was like, you have a minute to get off and they keep missing those windows to get off the train. And then they're, well, we got, you know, we only, we only got three more stops before, you know, the big bad guy gets this, you know, X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. Oh, you said something though that, that made me think and now I've, now I forgot, but yeah. Oh, well, well maybe you'll remember with five I'll seconds left remember. to go. Do you have the opening weekend numbers for this? I do. I do. Luckily, we've got some estimates. So this is opening weekend card subject to change. Bullet Train brings in $30 million opening weekend, beating out in the number two spot, DC, League of Super Pets. At number three, Nope. At number four, Love and Thunder still in the top five in its fifth week. And at number five is Groot, Minions, The Rise of Groot. At number six, interestingly enough, I'm just going to put this in here, Top Gun Maverick still at number six. Bringing in the dough after it's 11th week. So uh, I saw, I don't want, I'm going to interrupt you anyway, because I'm going to tell a story. (laughs) I just saw a funny thing on, on, I don't know, some, some social media this morning where it was an article, you know, how some of these blog websites write some dumb shit. The article was like, why is Top Gun Maverick still not available on streaming? And the first comment I see says, because it's still raking in money, you idiots. Why would they alive. put it for free on the internet? Look, look, the boomers have been waiting years for a movie for them. All right. They're still going. Matinees are very popular for this movie. Yeah. All right. But <laughs> a little piece of data is that this is the 15th highest opening of the year. The, again, since these are estimates, this number could fluctuate by as much as a million. And if that's the case, it would move up to 13. Which right my now numbers would fluctuate that much. Huh? I wish my bank numbers would fluctuate <laughs> that's that true. much. That's true. Right now, it's sitting right behind the Lost City and Elvis, which brought Another in 30, 31 million. So if, if you know, maybe the estimates come through and it's like a $32 million weekend, it'll jump Elvis and the Lost City, but it won't jump enough to pass Morbius at number at, at number 12. That's too bad. Yeah, Damn. yeah. unfortunately. That movie, you know, it had an okay opening weekend. I don't think it's more of a time. You know, for the year, as we just mentioned, it is still very much top gun gear at the number yeah. one spot nothing's at gonna number, overtake that i don't think at number it's it's brought in 662 million dollars in the u.s this is just domestic so a mega mega big and elongated run for top gun maverick dr strange and the multiverse of madness is at number two with 411 million jurassic world dominion at number three with 371 the batman at number four with 369 and minions rise of Gru is currently in your fifth spot with 327 million. Still a little bit of time for that five, six area to change, but it would take a pretty big opening or pretty big. Not a lot of. It'd take a pretty big movie to, to clock, jump into the top five at this point. Not a lot of movement four. in that. And then we're hitting a, oh. hitting a bit of a dry spell till, till the holidays kick in. It's true. Mm-hmm. It'll be a little bit. It'll be a little bit. Maybe, you know, our Halloween time movies <laughs> have a shot at, Jumping into that top five, top four. Then, you know, it's the end of the year. You got Wakanda Forever, Black Adam, Avatar, Shazam, all that stuff. Have right. a chance to maybe climb in there. So that's it for that. Let's go on a letterbox. Yeah, yeah. Well done. And, uh, I actually saw the score already. So if you, oh, I'll, you did. I'll, I'll run it if you like. Okay, you run sure. it. I'm going to guess 
a 2.7. Oh, you're going low. I was going to go with a 3.4. All right. Still well, these early. Are, these are very fresh numbers. And the bullet train is um, currently sitting. I can't tell. It has a lot of reviews so far. <laughs> but the winner this week, the weather really wasn't even close, is Garrett. His right now bullet close. train. Damn. Bullet train sitting at a 3.6. People like this a hell of oh, a lot wow. more than I did. That's that's too high. Well, that's you high. know, I think it will drain down over time, but we'll see. You know, like 3.6 is a good start. I think You know, we say that, movie, but they really don't change that much. I could see the movie settling at a 3.5 or 3.4. What did we think? So that's a win for a Garrett. I need to put that on my on my list. What did we think, guys? What are you gonna give it as a rating? I think I'm at a three. That's where I'm at. I'm also at three. Hey, what? I'm not even mad. I just feel like I woke no. up in a parallel universe. I'm surprised. <laughs> I love it. Expected it. It's going to go on my. I have a letterbox list called Unexpected It Factor, and these are movies that I, I know that aren't necessarily everybody's favorite or popular. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't know. It tickles the, an itch for you. Wow. The Japanese sword fight scene to you know I need a hero in Japanese. I don't know. It is a movie where it's Brad got great did, moments. It does you have know, really good moments. That is it's a great extended moment. Extended conversations about Thomas the Tank Engine. I don't know what it is, you know, but much a uh, oh, let me find that list. I got time. Uh -oh. I got three minutes. Much, you know, a Knives Out or a, a Magnificent Seven with Denzel Washington, or you know, I can't think of another one off the list. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna give it a four and a half. I'm gonna be the odd man out because I, I dug it a lot. I was entertained. I laughed. I cried. I spilled juice on my gear. So that's going to raise the average a little bit. Yeah. Three and a half, roughly. Yeah, I'd roughly say. Yeah. I think this is one where it's a lot of fun in the theater. And then when I reflect on it, I go, you know, I've seen better versions of it here. It's it's kind of like, again, I think the closer comparison to this director is a Deadpool 2. But there's nothing inherently wrong with Deadpool 2, except for the fact that it's been done better by Deadpool. I and think so for me, just... I think that's kind of where this one falls. It's like it's doing the right things and I enjoy it. It's just I've seen it done a couple of times better. I'd say what I'm going to drop it to a four, maybe four and a half was a big reach, but I'm going to say a four. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. I can say that. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. <laughs> I, maybe I don't watch enough movies. Maybe that's my problem. Hey, who knows? You know, I think you watch the right amount. We watch a ton. <laughs> all right. Well, what are we doing next week for Pick a Pit? I believe it's Josh. I don't know. Last all... time I said it. And last I time we got all jacked up, but I think we, I think you are next. Mr. Oh, what do you think? I think we're doing the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, Very which cool. is too long of a title for a film. It is. Yeah, it's it a, a different long, time. It was a different long title. title. Assassination of Jesse James. I have heard a lot about this movie, so I look forward to checking it out. Yep, same. We'll be doing that next week with a little bit of Western Pit. So keep following our social media too, because starting this week, we're going to try to, we're going to have you involved. We've got a slew of movies, of Brad Pitt movies that we you. We want you to choose from and then oh, pick how your about that for us to review. That's exciting. That's, so, yes. Wow. So, sequels.com. There are links to our social media accounts on the top of that page. And you can just search for us in whatever app you're using, too. We're there. We're on all of them. TikTok, uh, Instagram. I'm, like, melting my brain a little bit because I'm trying to reframe myself to, from saying Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, because that's the natural order of things. But it's not anymore. Like Facebook no. is Twitter are down on the list. It's like we don't do TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. That that's the order we should probably yeah. say it in. 
but we're on yes. all of those. So go follow us and subscribe to the show in your podcasting app of choice too. We'll be back next week with uh, another pick a pit August.